1: It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HashterRenew.com.
2: The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop mypatriotsupply.com today. mypatriotsupply.com.
0: Hello and welcome along to 101 part-time jobs. I'm Giles Bidder, and this is the only podcast in the world where you get to hear from some of your favourite musicians about their previous jobs. You know, music isn't exactly the most reliable way to make a living, and that's what I want to talk about. I want to get stories. I want to find out how some of my favourite bands, some of your favourite bands, have survived over the years. We're coming up to the 101st episode, which is a miracle in itself. We got some brilliant names over the last 96 or so episodes we got Raymond McGinley from Teenage Fan Club recently, Tim Burgess a few months ago, Matt Osmond from Suede. There's a great list and I'm looking forward to something, a little project that I've been working on for the last few months when I release that 101st episode in a couple of weeks. But this week we've got Ed Cosens, known for his work in Sheffield Faithful's Reverend and the Makers. His solo album Fortune's Favour is coming out on April the 9th. Behind this is On The Run, the latest single taken from the album, and you can find this online now thank you for listening make sure you're subscribed and all that stuff as always i've got some brilliant guests coming onto the show in the next couple of weeks east london signature brew have been brewing music inspired beers since 2011 they've made some amazing beers with mastodon idols slaves sports team they've probably made one with your favorite band and you can go onto their website signaturebrew.co.uk and get lagers they've made non-alcoholic as well delivered directly to your door with the voucher code 101 podcast all capital letters you can get 10% off your order all right here's Ed Cosins and 101 part time jobs go well Cheers! you know obviously your years in Reverend and the Makers is a whole story in itself but going solo that yes. must kind of present its whole new world of of those kinds of things that you know you just said before we press record that you know you've got a kid um yeah what's that transition like you know in the, in the last few years going going solo
1: um well i mean it, yeah it's, it's it's definitely an interesting thing obviously with, with having sort of a family and kids now and uh being in sort of rock and roll or supposedly in the rock and roll game it's it's obviously it can be difficult to kind of balance the two together um, time-wise and and sort of, you know, emotionally as well. It can be quite difficult obviously if you're having to go away or or whatever it's, it's it can be it can be really difficult but i don't know i mean mm. the, the solo thing it hasn't really kicked in yet if i'm honest i mean obviously I've, i went away for a couple of weeks a couple of years ago almost now to to actually record the album so you know that that was a period of being
0: away from that long ago yeah
1: yeah it's it's been a fair old process obviously with with one thing and another it's it's taken a minute to get to get to the actual release date, which obviously is coming up in in a couple of months, but um, so yeah, you know, going away, and I think at that point our youngest was he was about eighteen months, so you know, obviously going away when he was quite small for a couple of weeks, but I mean, it wasn't a huge amount of time, but uh, yeah. So, the, but beyond that, I mean, I've not, I've not really solar wise, I've not really done a, a huge amount yet. So, uh it's not been too bad the transition thus far. Um but obviously yes. Yeah, so...
0: And you're a full-time musician for for tax purposes.
1: Yes. Yeah, that that that, that is my uh, my job, so to speak. Um although at the minute I I feel a bit more like a full-time parent and sort of a, a proper like daddy daycare sort of world at the minute. It's because uh, my wife works um uh, pretty much full-time at the minute and has done since sort of beginning of lockdown. So, yeah, I've I've kind of had to pick up that sort of side of it really and and yeah, do do that as a as, as my job, so to speak. Even though it's unpaid, unfortunately, but uh, you know, it's I've uh, got to do it, haven't you?
0: we will pay dividends in the future, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll go into teaching or something. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not.
0: <laughs> I've I've read in a, in, a, in a you know some interviews how you know there is you know um, uh, the the confidence is maybe something that you've you've battled with in 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 some regard. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me think as a fan, it's so interesting seeing someone like yourself and your years and experience yeah. still have that, still have that kind of niggling feeling.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously I think as, as a creative person, whether it's music or art or, 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 you know, being an author and writing books or whatever, whatever format it is that you're, you're doing, there's always an element of just uncertainty about what you're doing is it good enough you know will will people Mm. react in the way you want them to I don't don't think that'll ever I don't think that ever goes away um obviously there's there's the other side of it you know going on stage and performing and and you kind of get used to that and and you know the, the the sort of the nerves I suppose that maybe I once had way in the early days of getting onto a big stage in front of a lot of people that 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 sort of goes away to a point although it's there's still that kind of nervous anticipation i think but it's a different kind of nerves at that point you know you get so used to doing your job and so i guess good at it that you know you, you can deal with that a lot better but in yeah certainly in terms of creating something like music in my case and, and putting it out there um yeah you, you always have a, a, an air of uncertainty especially for me as, as stepping out into a solo thing and um, whereas obviously i've always had the band before and within uh, uh, Reverend, it was always I was kind of more the music guy, and, and John the singer. He was always kind of the lyricist, and 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 put himself out there in that respect. Whereas I, I was able, to, I sort of sat behind a little bit doing doing the music, which was a lot easier. Um, mm. But now, obviously, I'm I'm stepping forward and, and and putting my sort of lyrics and stuff and and things out to, into the wider world, which is a first for me. So I think that's where the kind of the confidence thing comes from um that it's it's been you know it's been an interesting sort of journey to get to the point where I am confident in 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 what I'm saying lyrically and 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 confident enough to say it to other people if you see what I mean
0: yeah have you got some close people you can bounce ideas off
1: yeah I mean obviously my wife's been been really supportive and and I often sort of play things to her and she's she can be quite sort of <clears throat> quite kind of real about it, <laughs> shall we say? If if, uh, if she thinks that something sounds a bit bit rubbish or whatever, um, I've obviously got a, a sort of a, a network of people around me for, over the years that I trust. That you know, mm. when when you play things to, and you, you you kind of know when you play something to someone, their their immediate reaction is often the right reaction. So even mm. if they could sort of sit there for and go, "Oh no, yeah, it was really good that," if the, the fact that they've kind of gone oh, and they've ummed and ahed, you know that maybe something's not quite right. So it's it's quite telling, I think, in those those circumstances but yeah it's uh so you know it's important to be able to to bounce ideas off off people and and almost get a, a little bit of sort of pre-validation before you do put yourself out into the wider world
0: absolutely i, c- I can totally see that and yeah. you know the, the whole premise of this podcast is is about the kind of the jobs you had you know in the beginnings of, of mm-hmm. reverend or or even before that are, are there any that stand out that um you know Maybe you weren't getting that validation for playing music.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, I, I, I sort of, um, I mean, getting into to to being a professional musician, shall we say, from, from when Reverend the Makers kind of kicked off and that became an actual job, um, so to speak. Um, before then, I guess it, it was that eternal kind of, I was at school, I was always in bands at school and, you know, uh, had a couple of sort of... Uh, part-time sort of jobs through school little bits of kind of bar work and then moving forward I, i went to university and sort of carried on a similar theme just getting bits of bar work and stuff like that to sort of see me through and to allow myself to keep kind of doing the music thing even though at that point it was it was on a sort of a an amateur level um and then yeah so i just sort of flitted from from bar to bar really pub to pub and uh uh, had a had a really nice period of time working at uh, a, a, a pub a bar in Sheffield called the Boardwalk, um, which was quite famous. Um, it was a gig venue, uh, about 400 capacity, I think. So it was it was it was a decent size. And sadly, it's 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 closed down now. And it it, it was kind of there isn't that sort of size venue in Sheffield anymore, which is really sad.
0: Neither in London, um, too. I mean, yeah. you've got the Hundred Club, Heavenly Social, a bit smaller.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think those size of venues they they, they obviously struggle. Um, to sort of to keep ahead, especially at the moment. Um, it's a bit sad, yes, that, isn't it? Because it what happens if
0: you're not a huge band, but you're exactly. on the up, you know?
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. So you've got the real sort of small kind of, as we call them, toilet venues that are like, you know, 100 people crammed into a sweaty sort of cellar. And then or either that is kind of where I've been Sheffield we've got like the lead mill or or which is a thousand mm. and then the plug which is two and a half. So it's you know, you suddenly yeah. there's, there's nowhere in between, sadly.
0: Having the kind of musical interest, did you ever wanna did you ever sort of dabble in like, you know, putting on gigs or doing the um you know, the sort of techie side of it?
1: I, I had a few um sort of trial runs working the sound desk there used to be an old sound guy there bless him called that we used to call him fester um after uncle fester because i think we're presuming because that's what he looked like which he kind of did um he he was he was a proper like salt of the earth kind of guy really really kind of old school character and i think in 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 reality i think he was actually a little bit deaf as well which didn't help but he was he was always there and he, he you know he he was great, bless him. I, love, I loved Fester. So I kind of shadowed him a few times thinking, oh, maybe I could get from out behind the bar and actually do something with the you know, with the music and sort of doing the sound. But it, yeah, it, it, that side of it never really sparked an interest in me. It was always kind of obviously being on the stage that was where I kind of wanted to be at that point. And, you know, we, we used to kind of, there was obviously us at the time, this was before Reverend, there was... And me and John were in, were in a, a different band, and there was—I mean—people like Milburn was, were, were actually around at that point. They—they they were kind of knocking around. Then, obviously, the early days of, of the Mon- Arctic Monkeys, we mm. used to sort of do gigs all together, kind of thing, on the same bill, and, and do that. Um, so we, we used to kind of do bits and bobs like that. But yeah, it was—it was a really interesting time to work there. And actually, the me and John used to work behind the bar, and also Alex Turner and, and, and uh, Andy Nicholson, the, the original bass player from the Monkeys. They used to work behind the bar as well. So it was a real kind of interesting time to sort of be around there.
0: Interesting time for music journalism as as, as well. A couple of sort of NME features. I mean, one of my favorite things to do is dig back into, you know, NME or crank features from 10 years ago. And it's so interesting, you know, online now, a lot of... Uh, the sort of dictaphone recordings have been uploaded, right. and it's it's so interesting to hear about that kind of time. I mean, how do you look back on those years?
1: Uh, I mean, with 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 real fondness, I suppose. Really, it was it was a really exciting time, you know, to be involved in in music and in bands, and uh, obviously with with the way that things went for sort of Arctic Monkeys at the time. Um, you know that that in itself was exciting. That you kind of you, your mates, your pals, were suddenly in this enormous band and you know um yeah i don't know it's difficult looking back obviously we, we were all quite young at the time as well mm. so you kind of look back and it's i guess you you kind of have the rose tinted spectacles on a little bit don't you and think oh yeah that was amazing i mean in in, in truth there was <laughs> there was probably it was probably quite difficult at times and there were some difficult moments but you know it's uh yeah just just to be around a group of of, of, some of your mates and and all kind of doing it together because obviously me, me and John obviously when we, we started the Reverend thing that that started to take off and I say there were the Milburn lads and Joe who plays bass with us now the singer in Milburn he, he obviously they were they were doing really well so it was just a really amazing time and obviously there were other bands you know there was sort of like Bromhead's Jacket and the Long Blondes and loads of different people from also based in Sheffield who who you know, we, had, we all had a bit of a minute that, that it was just, it was just exciting and a, a really kind of fun time, you know, sort of mid twenties, just living the rock and roll dream, I suppose. And
0: those bands were getting signed. Yeah. Major labels, big independent labels. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, you know, it's a bit of crude, there's no on way to say it, but you know, from a, a simply financial point of view, was there a bit of a burn there? Was there a bit of a, a friction there with, with getting by and, you know, trying to putting the band first?
1: Yeah, I mean obviously this, this this is where sort of the the bar jobs thing always came in for me personally, you know, it was it was always a way to just sort of keep going and to be able to keep doing the the band thing, but obviously I was I was kind of uh, sort of lucky enough I suppose that that I had the sort of songwriting partnership with with John as well in the early days and you know with stuff like heavyweight champion and and open your window and things from that first Reverend record, you know, that they mm. obviously with heavyweight in particular obviously did did incredibly well, you know, it was top 10 single mm. and all the rest of it so there was obviously a, a slight easing of the financial burden once, once that all kind of started kicking in and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's I've got, I've, I felt like I've kind of been uh, sort of muddling through ever since. really. In, how in how long does
0: that take to come through all too often? You'll read stories about bands like, or someone like Iggy Pop, for example, where, right, yeah. you know, you read stories about how they were slumming it for years. You know, the money didn't come for a long, you know, seemingly a long time.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I think, I think nowadays it's, so, or certainly when we were starting it, it it was it was slightly different to obviously sort of iggy pop and his early days that i think there was a lot of kind of that in the kind of 60s yeah. and 70s where it was all this, the rights and the contracts were signed up by sort of the managers and the, the labels and and often the artists would yeah as you say would never see anything for for years but i mean i think i think what's good now is we've obviously got things like the prs foundation that that sort of look after a lot of the artist shares of the songwriting and stuff so they're they're very very good and And I think they, I think it all works on kind of like a nine to 12 month sort of delay, I guess, from doing stuff to actually seeing bits of money start to come through, you know, with, with sort of live gigs and and stuff like with heavyweight when it was on radio, for example, it would, it would always kind of be a knock, slightly knock on effect. You, You you kind of get by on that, don't you? Especially when you, when you're obviously younger and you haven't got sort of family and all those ties and stuff. It's, it's a lot easier to do that then than, than it is now, but you know, um, yeah, we we, we kinda of get through.
0: Were you emotionally prepared, do you think, at that time to take on that kind of slightly more professional, um, you know, identity? Um
1: that's an interesting question. I don't know about emotionally prepared. It it was it was interesting because obviously we suddenly went from doing a few local gigs around Sheffield to then doing a couple of gigs where you'd you'd suddenly get on a little little kind of splitter van thing, you know, with the gear in the back and you all sit in the front and and you'd, you'd go to maybe you go to London or you go to Glasgow or something, and that was sort of exciting. But then all of a sudden, you have like well, for us, you know, we had obviously Heavyweight came out, and the first first album was was top five, I think. And and all of a sudden, you then you're going out, and you for I think it's about a year and a half, we were just absolutely mentally busy, just going all over the UK, all over Europe. We went to Japan, you know, and you suddenly thrust into this kind of yeah world of of of. Traveling all the time and going everywhere and having like zero sleep and and trying to sort of live with at the time there were seven people in the band plus the crew you know there's a, sort of ten eleven twelve people yeah. all kind of living virtually living together in in a, a mobile fashion it's it, it, yeah I think look at the time I had no idea just sort of got on with it as you do I think you you just kind of deal with stuff but yeah looking back there was there was I don't think I I don't think any of us were really prepared mentally to go through that and and there were certain as i I sort of said earlier there were certainly looking back times that were very difficult and and you know there were arguments and fallings out and and all the rest of it um but you know i think in the end the 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 kind of what we were doing and how exciting it was i think always kind of it always came back to that and and Mm. the the fact that we all we were all passionate about doing it and wanted to do it so I think yeah I
0: you know, wonder if that's something that it always comes back to you know whether the best part of the day is is the playing and you know hanging out and partying is great fun for everyone yeah um, but you know it was it was it the music that was really kind of still the the driving from a from your heart you know was it coming from your heart
1: yeah totally I mean the, yeah that the, there was that sort of classic you, you get into a, the routine or you turn up at a venue or wherever you've been traveling from overnight or or, or whatever through the day and and then there'd be all that kind of time sat around, and it would feel a bit difficult. And that's when that that's when all of the kind of the, the arguments and the touchiness, I suppose, comes in when people are tired and they're just sat waiting. And but then as soon as yeah, as soon as the gig started and that rush and and you know how how kind of crazy it was, particularly in the early days, you know, with the crowds and, and the energy that, that we used to create on stage, then it it just all go away. And and then yeah, you know, yeah, you have a few drinks after and a part bit of a party, and and the cycle sort of continues. And I guess at some point. Um, for some people, that it kind of got, came to a head, and it burnt out a little bit, and then others, others were able to sort of carry on. And luckily, I was, I was one of those that was able to sort of deal with it, I guess, in the end, and and move yeah. forward with it. Yeah, which uh, yeah. that
0: hurry up and wait thing is is a bit mental, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's that that's that's the 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 worst part, the hardest part of of playing live and doing gigs and touring and stuff, and. Even when you are sort of, I guess, if you, if you're going around doing kind of other things like that, like we used to do a lot of sort of when there was music TV back in the day. We used to do a lot of sort of TV stuff and radio mm. sessions and stuff. And yeah, just just that endless kind of waiting and traveling. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's a really odd odd thing to kind of do, really. But but once once you kind of got to the the moment of of that you were there for the the performance or whatever, it it kind of all just made sense and and allowed you to, I say, move on and do it again the next day.
0: With retrospect, you know, in the context of, you know, kind of getting back in a, well, getting into a new saddle with the solo stuff, you know, with with retros- retrospect, did you grow into, um, you know, that, that job, that lifestyle, did you grow into being able to take that as a, you know, responsibility, you know, and still have fun with it, but know it's a responsibility?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, certainly you, you, you learn to, um, to deal with it a lot better um, the more you do it. And yeah, I think as everybody kind of, Certainly, moving forward and as you know, going through the years a little bit, everyone kind of mellowed a little bit naturally, anyway. So it, yeah, it became a lot easier. And, and yeah, you, you you understand that that's that's your job, that's part of your job, and you know, it, it's it's that it's that classic kind of age old thing where people from the outside go, oh, you can't complain. You're in a rock and roll band. It's amazing and all this that and And it is, you know, don't get me wrong, it really is. And that's kind of what you have to remember. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it's not difficult and it's not hard. And, you know, um, particularly when, you know, you, you're maybe not sort of, you're not making the kind of the millions that everyone thinks you are. You're you sort of, you're getting by, you know, you're earning a living, but it's we're certainly not living in in mansions. Do you know what I mean? It's And that that sort of, yeah, that, that, Sort of perspective from the outside can can be sometimes difficult to explain to people and deal with, but yeah, you, you you accept that it's that's that's your job, and and it's you know it's like any other profession, and you have to go out and and do your job no matter what you're dealing with, you know, before or after that moment mm. when the people have paid their money to come and watch you or you know whatever you've got to go out there and do do your job and and do it as as the absolute best you can and i think at the point that you stop doing it and giving it your all and being being the best you can that's that's kind of the time to think well should i be doing this you know luckily i've I've not reached that point yet thankfully i don't think so
2: (laughs) yeah
0: and with the you know the conversation yesterday in the department of sport and culture and you know streaming platforms i suppose. you know, yeah. it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. It doesn't feel like there anything was actually resolved yesterday. No. Um, but you know, did you pay attention to that at all?
1: I, I kept seeing little bits of people arguing about it, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, I, I can't deal with this just at the minute. But, but yeah, it's, it's it, I'm, I'm obviously aware it's it's a it's a, a kind of a, an ongoing debate, shall we say, at the minute.
0: And I feel like you know you must have lived through that kind of paradigm shift of of that industry changing that part of the industry. Yeah, totally. You know where was your viewpoint in all of that?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, I think we we kind of the Reverend thing started, I guess, right at the end of what you'd probably think of more of the old old school wave of things happening. You know, that the singles chart was was still kind of made sense. If you know what I mean, it doesn't to me, mm. anyway. Maybe that's just because I'm I'm a bit older now and don't <laughs> don't really know much much of what's going on in the actual singles chart. But it doesn't seem to make any sense anymore in terms of. There's bands or there's artists, and and you know, there's an anticipation to them releasing a single like they used to be in the old days, and then that would lead on to releasing an album, which you does not seem to really do anymore. You know, all, all that kind of stuff's kind of finished, and it's just like people just seem to just put track after track after track out on these streaming platforms, and and yeah, it's so yeah. I think the um, we we kind of came in right at the end of that, the old school kind of way, and then and then obviously there was there was already the shift to sort of. Downloading music and, and iTunes and all that—that that had already begun, but it was still very much a kind of a physical sales market. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the shift, the shift to the Spotify thing—I mean, I guess in a way, it's, it's inevitable the way the world is and, and technology is now, with the kind of that instant nature of everything, and, and everything's just accessible everywhere, all the time, isn't it? So, yeah. I think it was—it was always inevitable that it was something like that was going to was going to happen. But I think what what's what's difficult is that it, it's. I guess it's difficult because it's it's sort of run by a group of people or a, a set of people um, that don't really have any any kind of relation to the artists on the ground the ground level, if you see what I mean. Absolutely. Um, and you know, obviously, for there's there's a group of people right at the upper echelons of streaming that you know that get hundreds of millions of streams, and that's kind of all all right. But there's there's a thousand, a hundred thousand times more people. At the other end, who get nothing? Realistic mm. in, in in relative terms, and that's I think that's the problem that, that it's still so the, the the streaming thing. You're supposed to be able to put your music online, and and it was supposed to sort of equalize everything, you know, that anybody could could have a hit and doing whatever if it was good enough or if if enough people kind of cottoned onto it. But it still feels very much weighted to a, a small group of people against the masses. If you see what I mean? Absolutely. So yeah, that, that I think that that's the thing that that there needs to be some kind of equalization on really and, and there needs to be some thought put into that whether whether it'll happen or not I don't know I mean I hope I hope it will for the for the sake of of music music moving forward
0: I'm I'm pretty and I'm a pretty optimistic person so and I'm, I'm very I'm kind of painfully aware of that sometimes but I wonder in this situation you know that the, the more visibility this issue has the fact that you know everyone knows that you know independent artists are finding it even harder than usual than ever to to just live and survive and keep on doing their thing, whether this whole conversation actually kind of means that, um, you know, people are people into alternative subcultures, whatever you want to call it, alternative, independent music, whatever, um, people will be just more aware of that. So they will know, you know, someone such as myself will be like, no, I'm not going to listen to that on Spotify. I'm going to go to their band camp.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's an interesting point. I mean there there's there's a lot of the kind of people sort of tweeting sort of support the band, you know, buy the merch all that kind of stuff and and the band camp thing is is really important. And I, I don't know, it's it's such a difficult thing because you, you you're really caught between two sides sometimes because like with for me personally with the with the solo thing, it'd be great to just say no I've, I you can get my music but it's only on, you know, my website where we control how it's all put out there and how you mm. listen to it and who controls all the money. But at the same time, you're in a real difficult situation that on the other side, if if it's not on Spotify, it's so difficult to potentially reach the amount of people that you would otherwise reach unless yeah. you've already got hundreds of thousands, millions of followers on all the different sort of uh, social platforms and stuff, which, you know, uh, we, me personally, I've got a few and the band's got a few more than that but it's still in, in global terms. <laughs> it's not a lot, huge amount. So it's, it's a really difficult place to be in. And, and yeah, it, it's, I don't quite know what the answer is, if I'm honest.
0: It's part of the job description now, is it, would you say? It's, it's one of the part-time jobs of being an artist.
1: Well, the whole the social media thing.
0: Yeah, and speaking to your manager and your team about how you're going to navigate. Yeah,
1: totally. all that. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm always having sort of Zoom meetings at the minute on how to improve social numbers and all this daniel. of thing. And he's I mean, just thinking, "Oh God, is this what it's come to? Do I really want to do this?" <laughs> yeah, and you know it, that that's difficult. But then at the, on the other hand, you've you've kind of just got like we were saying earlier, you've you've kind of just got got to accept that that's kind of part of the job now. And if I want to keep doing this as a job, that mm. unfortunately that's kind of a side that you have to deal with because um, yeah. it's not going to go away it's, it's not going to change it's not people aren't suddenly going to go and realize oh no this is really bad isn't it or whatever and it all just disappear because that isn't going to happen so yeah have you found
0: yourself developing your own personal opinions you know which may differ from your manager or your, or your teams or anything like that um
1: I, th- I, th- I mean i think yeah of course there's always there's always differences of, differences of opinions on stuff like that but I guess again, it's you've got two sides. You've obviously got the artistic side, which you know think, you know, power to the people and all that. Let's let's do it our own way. Let's you know, let's mm. do all that, and then you, you suddenly get into a thing like I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to sort of put it out myself and this that, and the other. And then you talk to your manager, and and they make a sort of a reasoned argument from their side and their point yeah. of view. And then you yeah. obviously think, oh yeah. Oh, actually right. maybe yeah maybe maybe we should just just increase our instagram numbers a little bit just to try and get a bit more traction in that one it's just like oh god and then you you sort of hear yourself talking about it again but as i say it's it, it, i haven't got the answer certainly and i I, I don't really know know what what what's going to come but i think there's there's like you're saying that the people talking about it and the conversation has to be a good thing because it's not it's not equal the I mean it's not it's not fair um to the vast majority of of artists um so yeah the more people do talk about it um hopefully something will will change and, and hopefully it won't be too long
0: i feel like someone's going to come up with a good idea at some point
1: <clears throat> well, inevitably there will you know there, there'll be something or, or the next thing will take over and it'll all become an irrelevance do You know, what I yeah. mean? It'll just, yeah. that's probably what will happen
0: Probably more likely yeah yeah, yeah. I, I read a lot about new artists getting publishing deals maybe more often than they would be getting um record label deals you know it's it's publishing I mean that's it's such a massive it's a bit of a dark art isn't it publishing
1: yeah it's I mean it's yeah it's it's a difficult one particularly at the minute um I guess there's there's so many kind of avenues of songwriting nowadays and Mm. you know there's there's often you find a lot of things that you don't realize are sort of written by teams of people and and there's this sort of whole world of of professional songwriting I get oh, but I, but I guess that kind of harks back to the old days you know Tim Panali and all that there was professional teams yeah, yeah. of songwriters, so I guess in that respect nothing's nothing's hugely changed but yeah the whole publishing thing I don't know it's 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 a, it's an interesting an interesting thing and yeah I don't know really
0: have you written with other people
1: uh bits and bobs bits and bobs yeah we've we over the last sort of few years like yeah our sort of management has, has got us in sort of writing with other people and I've just I've just done a like a, a songwriting camp uh, just recently that was um, cool. this, re- this really interesting um, sort of working in that world and it's it's something that's a little bit alien to me still because mm. um, obviously I'm particularly in, in that world you know the sort of all these things are geared more towards I guess pop music and and all that kind of stuff whereas I'm very much still in the sort of indie camp you know um but it's it's certainly it's an interesting thing and and I think done if, if you get sort of mixed with the right sort of people and do it in the right way I think I think you you can come out with some really interesting interesting results um particularly if there's people like myself who, who maybe come from an indie background and then working maybe with a, a producer or a you know a, a melody writer that's more from the pop world it can it can be quite interesting um so yeah, I don't know. It's but it's it's something that that I keep being I keep being told I need to I need to do more of. <laughs> but that, it's difficult. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I I wonder if there are there are moments, you know, sort of lovely moments that that do spark your imagination that don't feel so arbitrary and banal as other moments.
1: Yeah, definitely. And as I say, I think that comes back to sort of the the mix of the people that you work with. Some sometimes you sort of with people that for whatever reason, I guess with any, with any kind of artistic endeavor, if, if it, something doesn't click, then it doesn't click or whatever. And I guess no matter how long you sit there, you're never really going to write or come up with something that, that is, that, that kind of floats your, your boat, so to speak. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, as you say, when, when, yeah, there was a couple of times in this last sort of week I've been, when I was doing stuff that the, the mix of people was really good. And, and yeah, we, we came out with something that actually, you know, it might not have been my kind of first choice of, of, Thing to do, but it, it came out really well in the end, and, and I was sort of really pleased with it. And um, brilliant, yeah. So Excellent. you know, you never, you never know, really. Particularly, with, you know, writing music stuff, you just never know. You yeah, never know what's going to come out the other end? It's, it's such a, obviously a, a, a thing that you, you know, you, you can sit for hours one day and have nothing, and then literally you can have a minute the next day, and all of a sudden you've written a, an amazing song. So it's yeah, you just you just can't predict it. Are you kind of
0: consistently discovering things about yourself writing solo material? um discovering things about you know the way you write or maybe kind of lyrical prose or you know kind of
1: certainly in a certain in a lyrical sense yeah i think i think musically i've kind of found my sort of style musically now and i've and been sort of finding that for the last few years certainly with with the, the later work we've done we had with with reverend and, and moving into the solo thing that's 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 kind of fairly clear to me but yeah lyrically as i said before it's, it's something that i've not really not really done that much of before a because obviously i've been working with Johnny, who was a great lyricist so I've, there's never been a real need for me to to have to worry about lyrics but um yeah it's, i mean being able to look back and 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 draw from all those experiences that we've talked about from from over the years of you know of the kind of the joys and the frustrations of, of of working uh in the music industry and doing what we've done and, and obviously the difficulties that that can pose with relationships and um, both you know friendship and 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 with sort of with love and everything as well it's 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 but that that's kind of been the, the really interesting process i think for me uh lyrically working all that stuff out and, and figuring a way of of expressing myself that that i feel comfortable with and, and confident that pe- other people will will react to as well
0: yeah it's it's funny for someone like me who has just an you know kind of utmost confidence in in you to be able to do that you know just knowing you know you've been a musician for you know that's been your career um so that's interesting to to take on this whole kind of new leaf as it were or like sort of new idea into into your fold
1: yeah i mean this and i guess this is yeah this is the thing that i think um maybe people don't often realize that it's you know it's it's not an easy thing to do no matter how much success you may get or, or to the outside world, how how well you might be doing or how confident you seem, as you say, it's it's people don't often realize how difficult it can be and, and how sort of, how much you can sort of sit and agonize at times with it as well, which is, you know, disappearing to some sort of slightly darker places. If it's not going well, it's, it's, uh, but then I guess, again, that's the same with any kind of artistic endeavor, you know, mm-hmm. artists and, and people who, who, who write and and whatever else, poets, you know, it's, there's always moments where it's it's really difficult, and and but to the outside world, you could be seen to be you know super confident. So yes, it is an interesting yeah. juxtaposition, I suppose.
0: Sometimes those dark times are going to bring out your best material.
1: Well, yeah, it's I all, mean, good, it's all
0: yes. good for us on the other side.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally, and and, and yeah, I think again, yeah, that's that's the sort of the interesting angle on it, isn't it? So, but, yeah, some of the best music and, and art has always come out of difficulty and, and adversity, hasn't it? So, yeah.
0: Well Ed, thanks so much for,
1: for coming on the show. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure.
0: What's the next sort of what are the next few months in entail for you? Anything coming up that you're looking forward to? Have you got, have you got any uh, exclusives for me?
1: Um well, obviously the release of the album <laughs> finally yeah. after yeah, after we said sort of a good a good two two odd years in the making at least, and then obviously the the time development before that. So that's that's gonna be a huge, a huge moment for it to actually be released. And um yeah, there's there's gonna be I mean what we've released uh, I think three tracks already off the album. So now that we're going we're gonna to look to maybe one or two more before the actual album drops. So that'll be really exciting. And I, I think the main thing is just to try and get out and actually play some music live. You know, yeah. it's um, obviously with, with the way things are at the minute, that's impossible. But, you know, it's it's such a difficult thing, thing to think about. I was, I was talking to my wife about it last night, about, you know, what, what if this vaccine and all the rest of it doesn't actually make that much difference. And, you know, mm. looking mm. forward... To, Beyond that, you just think, oh God, I don't know if I can, you know, it's, 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 you know, that on a very basic level, just dying to go to the, to the pub and have a pint and just, you know, yeah, be able yeah. to just mix with people. But on a musical level, you know, the fact that, you know, we, we, we kind of depend on the live thing, largely speaking to, to earn a living. So it's, you know, that, that's the thing that I'm desperate to do more than anything and to get out and particularly with, with the the record to be able to promote it in the, I guess, the more traditional sense. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to most. when it'll happen, I uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, would, I would love a pint of brown and some loud music.
1: Yeah, do you know what I mean? Just to not be able to hear in your ears, just ring a little bit, and and just feel a bit, a bit yeah. That's that'd be great.
0: On the you know the the couple of years preparing for this record, I mean, have things changed over the years that you maybe didn't expect? I mean, th- I'm just thinking like that period of time developing a record must be positive you know mostly largely positive to be able to have the time to look at it a bit more objectively give yourself a break from it for a few weeks
1: yeah i mean certainly i mean the the, the whole start of the process it was it was very much at that point um kind of a almost like a, a diy approach between myself and and, and the management we'd we uh, I, I sort of had a group a, a batch of songs and and i really liked and then they they really liked as well so we were like well, let's just sort of record it get in the studio and see what happens really which which you know uh, was an interesting sort of way of doing it and i think this is why it's taken a little bit longer because obviously once the sort of the label distiller got involved that obviously they they wanted to come in and 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 sort of and put their sort of spin on it and and do what they do so yeah it's it's been a it's been an interesting process there's been lots of times to sort of sit back and reevaluate what's happening yeah. um and obviously at the beginning of the process you yeah, know there, the, there was obviously the plan to record the album release it tour it you know go and try and support different people and and, and do all that and that's obviously all fallen by the wayside because of everything that's happened in the last 12 months so yeah, it's it's been a constantly evolving evolving thing and i just yeah just hope that now we can we can finally start to move properly move forward with it uh, depending what happens in the future with the the virus and everything but yeah.
0: Well, I'm so looking forward to the record and it's been a total pleasure, yeah. you know, chatting, here about hearing about those stories from over the years. I mean, you know, it comes up all the time, you know, the glory days are now. Um, and I think that's an important, you know.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely.
0: yeah, absolutely. It excites me all the time. You know, sometimes I think my, my best years are behind me, but no, <laughs> you know. No, well, um, I, think,
1: I think once you start thinking that, as I said before, when if you start thinking, oh, well, the, yeah, the best years have, have gone and you're maybe not uh, putting putting your all into it anymore that's the time to stop but yeah i think i think as long as you think that oh, i can always do something better then you crack on and, and go for it
0: and that's where you're at
1: i think so yeah <laughs> i hope so anyway that's, that's that's kind of i don't feel like i'm done certainly in, in that respect
0: so there we go ed coson's here on 101 part-time jobs if you haven't subscribed by now you should go ahead and do that don't forget to buy his album fortune's favor out the 9th of april and that, I believe, is everything for this week. Here's Cox Barrow.
2: I've been working all day, for me, mate, on the side. Running around
0: like a blue arse fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day, for me, mate.
2: Everything to me, I've been on the go. Up and down the ladder like a friend, as bow. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day, for me,
0: mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast.